Melissa. Oh, what's up, Clay? Not much. Ugh. Hey, everybody, this is the Turtle Breeze. <laughs> Sorry. And Melissa hates the intro already. <laughs> Not that the intro is just my day. I hate my day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Well, we have uh, a guest on this one. Craig Fergola. Hello. Again, this is the second time on. Ooh, am I, I the only uh, two-time guest? Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. the first. First. You're the... Hell yeah. I think it was the first actual guest too, right? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Your hair's no looking problem. good today. Keep Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you got a nice little quaff right there. Yeah. Off to the you know, side. Very yeah. nice. It's like <laughs> framing your eye. Go for an emo look, you know? Yeah, yeah. you're doing it. Yeah. It looks good. <laughs> so, Sorry, I'm being a girl right now. Okay. <laughs> why, why you had a, a bad day? Oh my god. Well, you know, Gene got that house. So Oh shit. Yeah. So now we gotta start working on it. Uh but we keep going through this thing where um he goes, We should do this. And I'm like, All right. Um, do you understand what that entails? He's like, Yeah, yeah, we'll do it. Right. And then we do it. And then he's like, What the fuck? You know, like I don't want to do this. So today we were trying to sand the walls. <laughs> <laughs> and he just was we were sanding the walls, right? And I'm like, okay, we're doing it, right? And I and I'm like, okay, this is based on how long this is taking. We should this will probably take us like two weeks right and he's and he's just like we're not i don't want to do this anymore are you, <laughs> like, doing it by, are you doing it by hand you didn't get like a, a machine sander yeah no machine no mexican nothing <sighs> no, just us no yeah. get get a machine like a, a oh no no yeah we got a machine sander yeah we got oh, okay a, a electric yeah. sander. Yeah, yeah, sorry sander. yeah i didn't hear that but um <laughs> but yeah like, even with an electric sh- yeah i'm not just like fucking i love how you thought I, machine sander i meant mexican <laughs> how racist you think well, i am i didn't think that i just wanted to throw that in there <laughs> that's how racist i am but it was it was not easy even though it was an electric sander yeah, yeah. It, you know, it still is labor intensive. It's 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 I'm, tedious. I'm pretty sure there's large large sanders that you could get to do whole walls. We got a big there. one. We got a small one. All right. Nah. I mean, hey, at least you got a house. You know. I know. Yeah. I mean, well, for as long as we can manage to hold on to it, I don't know. <laughs> as fucking debt slaves to the. Did bank. you rent it or buy it? Uh, Gene bought it. So. Yeah. And that was another example of what I mentioned before. <laughs> so it's it's just kind of it's just been really stressful because we're trying to wrap our heads around what that's going to be like for the next. Uh, what would you say? 30 years? Yeah. No, Something that's like that. That's a um, a big y'all literally just got it's married. Huge. And y'all, y'all bought a house that y'all need to fix up together. I know. That's but you a, keep saying that Gene bought the house. Yeah. That is a good point. Are yeah. you just are I'm you, not what well, with my comedy money and my drink <laughs> well, tickets? I'm gonna go now. buy a house. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're married now. Nah, so. well, I don't know. I don't believe in that crap. I need to marry. I need <laughs> to marry a woman. I don't know. I need to I marry a I woman can't. who has a house. That's what I need to do. That'd be that'd be sweet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you got maybe one that inherited a house or something. That's kind of more accessible. I dated one for a while. She had a house and. <laughs> Didn't work out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're, she's breaking up with you. You're saying goodbye to the house. I, yeah, I really like that house. Craig, are you are you listening to me? You're just like goodbye, sweetie. Yeah, she's the house so and her nice. dog. I really liked them both. I was like, how about you just take my apartment? I'll keep your house and your dog. That's hilarious. Yeah, you still pay for it. You know, sometimes I think that's why um, certain kinds of murder happen when it comes out in the news, right? And it's like, and then he wrapped her up in a rug and threw her in the closet, right? I think it's just because he loved everything else about the chick life yeah. except for the chick mm-hmm. and he's just like oh, yeah doing the math uh, now you <laughs> now you tell me that was an option <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not good to be friends with me i'll encourage you to do pretty much everything bad but yeah lie cheat and steal uh well rock and roll yeah yeah <laughs> uh so 
on today's podcast, we're going to be doing uh, the Dark Tower comic book series uh, based off the Dark Tower novels by Stephen King. Please, they're a graphic novel. Graphic <laughs> novels. Sorry. <laughs> I, we're learned, we're this, learned people on this podcast. I've had this conversation with her. <laughs> comic book and graphic novel to me is the same fucking thing. Uh I call them picture books. Yeah. But, you know, that's just me. <laughs> One has a way better chance of getting you laid if you tell someone you read graphic <laughs> novels as opposed to comic books. <laughs> well, but the kind of person, the kind of ch uh, the yeah. kind of female that you would get laid with with graphic novels is also Still kind of a gonna, creep. Yeah, it's going to be true. some chick who's getting her masters in uh you know creative lit or some bullshit yeah <laughs> and really she wants you to read hers that's what the problem is there you mean my other ex-girlfriend who's ex in grad school right now getting her masters in poetry yeah but you get around man yeah yeah i do yeah because you got that um you got that uh, working man intellectual kind of vibe. Totally. Yeah. yeah I'm just like fucking like Will Hunting. That's yeah, yeah. me. <laughs> Not good. Old Craig Hunting. <laughs> Craig Hunting. I'm much more like the Ben Affleck character in that movie than I am the, the Matt Damon character. That's a good guy too, though. Yeah, he's great. You know? they, they acted like he was just some fucking schlub, but he was nice. I mean, he... I'm certainly not Casey Affleck in that movie. He stinks. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. <laughs> Do, do you just date what kind of what kind of girls are attracted whoever to you? will have me that's who i date that's such a man answer i'm not picky okay okay all right what's the what's the best you've gotten so far like of all time mm -hmm. i don't really want to rank them like that mm -hmm. but i was uh i've that's i've been like in love like probably three times in my life yeah who's the best uh probably the one like right out of high school <laughs> We were both in college. We he was were, like, I don't want to rank them. The one right out of high school. We were both in college together. <laughs> she, and she was, great. Yeah, she, she messed me up bad. Uh, the last one was still kind of getting over that one. Uh, that one was rough too, but. Okay. You know. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't support my dream. <laughs> what was it at the time? <laughs> I, I back, back in high school, like not to die of heroin problem. <laughs> they want to support you there? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. if they don't want to support you there, where the fuck can you yeah, go? Yeah, I know, them? right? Yeah. What am I, I didn't know this was going to be a dating life. <laughs> Dude, how long have you been sober now? You've been, you've Just had a year on December 15th. Yeah. Oh. You reached a milestone, yeah. I saw. Congrats. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, congrats, yeah. man. Yeah. How do you feel living... Um, a less vibrant life. It's 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 better, <laughs> but it also kind of stinks. Too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's better not having to have the uh, double life. That for sure is. Yeah, that that's probably not not waking up like. All right, how am I going to get money <laughs> to get high today? Yeah, well, that's, you just have to hustle every day. Yeah, it's awful. It's all it's, it's on your mind. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, and that was the part that you didn't like. The part that it was a job. Well, that and like how my family didn't want me around and my friends didn't want me around. And my life was a living nightmare. There was way more uh, bad things than good things. But then it's like you stop doing everything and life still gets really hard and you don't you like you have to feel feelings and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's I, I don't want to do that ever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We're all still grinding yeah. towards the end. Life yeah. still happens. Yeah. And it's like you don't have a coping mechanism anymore when that was your coping mechanism mm -hmm. for 20 years. Yeah. What about just fucking. Get, get getting a fetish for suffering. Oh, I mean, I'm from. I'm, life. I was raised Catholic. <laughs> in, I was raised Catholic in New England. That's deeply ingrained. Yeah, what the fuck? 
Yeah, You're already equipped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I had a way to forget about it for a long time. Or now so it's you like, thought. Yeah. Now you just got to be Catholic yeah. again. Oh, no. I can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> hey, I'm from a Latin, Latin American uh, you know, island. So Catholic oh. is. Yep. But we're, we're more of the, uh, it's like, it's on the out, the fringes of the, the, the Catholic world. So, you know, it's Wh- all hypocritical, pa- slightly pagan. Puerto Rico? That- uh, Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic. Okay. So it's just. Oh, I thought the Dominican was like voodoo or something. No, that's Haiti. Uh, okay. The Dominican has some lamer version of it, mm-hmm. but Brujeria. but all of the Caribbean has a version of it. Okay. Uh, Brujeria is just kind of the general term. Santeria is Cuba. Um, Haiti has uh, voodoo. And uh, DR has a thing called uh, spiritism or whatever, which is just some. And they're just like kind of like little Catholic offshoots, right? Like it's Catholicism, but like. Well, you know how they always say that Catholicism is uh, how they manage to convert pagans? Yeah. Right. Because what they would do is that the saints would just be a, pl- uh, a placeholder for former okay, gods. gods. Okay. Right. They, yeah. would, they would kind of. So in the Caribbean, same shit, except for. Some of them are West African gods from okay, like Nigeria, yeah. from a from a really in Cuba. It's a really specific tribe. Even. I've heard some, Santeria is wild. That. Santeria is great. <laughs> I had friends. <laughs> if you go to New York City, mm-hmm. the projects uh, there are so many Puerto Ricans that practice Santeria over there, just in the <laughs> projects, you know, and and so. It's good in an area like that because, you know, uh, people when you're around people who where there's a lot of petty crime and shit, people that are like that, they're very superstitious. So if you say you're a witch, they don't fuck with you. You know what I mean? (laughs) This is very like my grandmother used to read tarot cards during uh, the Dominican Republic's worst dictatorship. And they didn't fuck with her because they thought she was a witch. You know what I mean? That's, the, a, the that's soldiers, a good life hack. If it is, gonna... a good, especially as a lady, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So you just go, yeah, I can't punch you in the face, but I'll fucking cast a spell on you. Yeah, make your dick fall off. <laughs> Don't fuck with me. Right? So, and then she would read their future and shit. So she got, she got away with a lot because of that and lived okay. And then uh, in the projects, one time I got invited to a, a Santeria event mm-hmm. basically which ended up it was like oh come to my grandmother's birthday party right and i'm like <laughs> all right cool right so i showed the grab grandma's been dead for 10 years okay so basically they just got her body on a table like they dug no, her up <laughs> even creepier if you can believe it. It, it i get in there and they're like yeah come say hi to my grandma right and the grandma is just a life-size doll sitting in a rocking chair right <laughs> oh, no. and it's not like i could just go and like shake her hand and be like hey lady happy birthday it was even crazy they were like okay so take this orange peel and ring the bell three times right and i'm like Jesus. okay and like are we gonna drink <laughs> i'm just like is this gonna be a party at all and then uh but it was a um a musical like santeria event right okay. so i got invited by a drummer that i knew so uh these guys set up and they so just, just just play that sublime song over and over again <laughs> yes exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they drink fago but it's like you know so they start playing right and i'm sitting i'm still i got as close to the wall and out of the way as i could because i was like this shit is fucking weird right yeah. so um i kind of knew what was coming though so they're playing they're playing they're playing and basically what they do is they pay they play for like four hours straight they don't stop it's improvised uh um polyrhythmic uh, so you went, to a, you went to a fish concert essentially <laughs> basically yeah. Did. yeah i went to like a like a Cuban jam band <laughs> event. It really was. It's very similar, right? So there, the only difference is that 
you know, in jam bands, people would just do Molly, I guess, and, and wig yeah, out, right? Yeah, yeah it's but pretty awesome. in this one, it's completely psychological, right? So they try to whip themselves up into like an ecstasy, like a divine. So like people speak in tongues. Like whirling kind dervishes. Of yeah. yeah. So people start speaking tongues. People start eating candle wax. People start fucking pouring <laughs> hot wax on their faces. And they start fucking dancing, you know? It sounds and awesome, actually. It, it was great. It was great. I just tried to stay out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, and yeah. then somebody came up to me and they blessed me with some water. It's, it's very disorienting. So I could see why you would, you know, get into that. But it's it's kind of like uh, the those Christian events too, right? Where they touch you and then you just start rolling around the floor. Yeah, well, that's like, they speak in tongues. They speak and then they, yeah, they get- They, they do the Holy Ghost. Where the they, Holy Spirit takes them and they start, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it's just slightly West African pagan-ish Catholicism. We're taking a lot it's of liberties. It's all the same, same yeah. shit, really. Once the Spaniards left the Caribbean for a while to fight the Hundred Years' War, everybody was just fucking each other and, yeah. and eating goat and doing weird shit. Sounds- <laughs> Well, I've had fresh goat meat and it is delicious. It is delicious. Yes, yeah, stew. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that kind of, we could segue into this. Oh, yeah. Because speaking of the witches and shit, there's one note that I, I kind of wanted to get on. I was about to just talk about it with her before the podcast. That I wanted to ask you, whenever that witch uh, lady, uh, what's her name? Ray of the Coos. Ray of the Coos. Whenever she was talking to Susan Delgado. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she like put like she hip- hypnotized her and shit. Yep. Uh, Susan goes to Rhea to uh make sure she's able to have a child and stuff. No, she goes to her to, so she can check that she's a virgin. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she's she's uh she got finger blasted yeah, by yeah. some old crone. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. basically what happened. And then and then it's really graphic in the book. Yeah. It talks about the witch shoving her fingers. Inside her. Do you, they do that in D? They used to do that in DR. It's we're still in this. That, that women will check if their <laughs> kids are virgins. Jeez. They'll just straight up like get in there and check for the hymen or whatever. That's still a thing in some places. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so whenever she hypnotized her and then like whispered something into her ear back whenever like witches were like a thing, uh, it was it was commonly thought that whenever a woman had a child and that child was a midget, that she was cursed by a witch. So that's what I thought she was doing. I thought she was cursing this chick to have like a crippled kid or like a midget. <laughs> but then it ended up just being her cutting her hair. Yeah. Cutting her hair off. What? Why? Because she would make her less desirable to uh, Thorin. And just to fuck with her, really. She's a bitch. She just doesn't, okay. you know. I thought that was like some kind of like uh, thing in the world. No, I don't think it had any specific... Nah. significance look that witch is a is a woman yeah. at the end of the day she's a woman and all women care about is if they want to get back at you how to make you less pretty yeah okay yeah. so <laughs> she's that, mad because she's old and gross okay susan's young and hot prettiness is the is our power and uh that's how you fight each other is by <laughs> removing prettiness. i also feel like i think i remember this from the book <laughs> the i think she was trying to ever. get her to uh I think she was trying to hypnotize her to kill Thorin in his sleep too after they had sex. I think that's what I thought it was. Okay. I think that is part of it too in in the book because they, right. they. I mean, they have, this is very short. They leave a ton of stuff out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but they get all the the major beats. But I think that happened in the in the the book. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. We uh, on in issue one, um, we get introduced to Roland and uh, their whole group in Martin Broadcloak's uh, kind of um, yeah, he's okay, group so, of yeah. kids trying to be gunslingers. Uh, ro- during Roland's flight across the Mohane Desert, he recalls the treachery of Martin Broadcloak. Yeah, Martin Which is Broadcloak. also, uh, that guy's like, a, have either one of you read The Stand? 
Mm. No, I've been meaning to. Well, Randall to Flag is the bad guy from the stand, <laughs> yeah. and Martin is actually Rand. They're all the same guy. It's like uh, it, it gets revealed. There's Walter, Walter O'Dim. He has a bunch of different names, but it's the same kind of like evil wizard guy who works for the Crimson King. It's like his his main same oh, archetype or literally the same, same person. Guy. Literally same person. Yeah, that's interesting. I've I've seen other authors do that. Like Lovecraft does that. Yeah, where slowly every short story just starts to expand on, and it's the same. The books it gets really wild. He's like Father Callahan from Salem's Lot is a big character. Characters from other books. He writes himself into it and later uh, in later novels. And like he talks about when he gets when he actually got run over and almost killed at his camp. Like that's a part of the story. It gets really meta. Like the going into like the fifth or sixth book. It's really it's confusing, really. But is it? It's uh, this. I mean, he wrote this over like 35 or 40 years. So it's I read the prologue. Yeah, yeah. I I see that he was talking about it throughout how he started in like 84. 87 and he didn't end well, until no, 2003 I th- I or something. I think he wrote The Gunslinger when he was like a freshman in college. And yes, I don't so think it got published till way later on, but yeah. that was in like the well, early 70s. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then he didn't finish this until 2007, I think, or yeah, yeah, something along that. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And it's, but I mean, all his books have like, he, re- a lot of the same towns that are either real towns in Maine or he made up, you know, like, but Derry is, Derry from it is Bangor, Maine. Like, just change the name and it's like the whole his whole world like a lot of things overlap uh you're talking about gunslinger the no i'm just even thinking in general okay. like a lot of yeah, his he stuff does that. yeah he yeah. does that a lot lovecraft does that too yeah yeah so that's that's pretty interesting there i noticed that there are a lot of names and mm, sort of idiomatic expressions in this apocalyptic world that are sort that seem to have an origin in um maybe scots irish british I, that, but yeah they have their own language they call it called you're the from, high speech you're from maine though so that's yeah. kind of your background do you recognize any of that stuff instinctively you know no. when they keep saying sigh or no, whatever. No, thank you, sigh, and cry your pardon, or like I beg your pardon is an expression. But I mean, like, I don't know where he he got all that from. He just they have their own very distinct language. It's called the high speech in the books. Um, but this doesn't look familiar. No, to No, this is not like anything. Uh, no, it did have that dumb, you know, offshoot of a Boston accent. If that was the case, but my my heritage is French Canadian and Italian, so I don't like I don't know what that whole thing's coming from but it's uh yeah it's he they, they have a very distinct way of talking that kind of it gets to in this but in the books it's because like in the books he'll get to uh he goes into like our world rolling well and he starts talking to people and they can't understand him because he just has all these weird phrases and he can't say certain words like he calls tuner fish tutor fish and there's all this like weird stuff like that but mm-hmm. yeah he they have a very distinct way so it's like the world they're in is like our world but like one door over you know what i mean there's like mm-hmm. doors you can go through to different universes and stuff and it's mm-hmm. in the first book you'll read it that he goes into a piano and they're playing hey jude which i think they make they allude to in here at one point Yeah, i've noticed that they do that yeah so there's but it's like different lyrics slightly and it's it's just really it mm-hmm. gets really weird it's really cool but it's like yeah well the reason why i ask is because some of the words like when they said do you kenna right that's scottish I know Can that it, from reading yeah. Scottish poetry. That's that little things like that. Mm-hmm. So I just saw a lot of Scots, Irish, she kind of stuff. Yeah. And also, uh, he said that he got the inspiration for this story from watching The Good, The Bad, and The yeah, Ugly. Clint Eastwood, in, the, the man with no name. But you got yeah. to see it on the big screen, which must have been amazing. Yeah. Have you seen that, that movie? Yeah, good, bad, and the ugly is 
such a great movie. Like my second or third favorite movie. It's amazing. Ever. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I would love to see it on the big screen. Yeah, it'd be amazing. I think it would be hilarious to see some of these old West, like a gunslinger looking dude, but speaking with a box Boston accent. <laughs> that right. shit would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but talking about the world. So, uh, you know, I, I love world building shit like that. Mm -hmm. Is this like... Would you say this is like a post-apocalyptic world, like or a rapture type thing? No, or it's a different alternate it, dimension. Yeah, if okay. anything, it's an alternate dimension. Okay, and that I mean that is kind of explained to you when you read the books because it's it doesn't give you a lot of background here, so you could easily think that it's like that because they have like the oil tankers and you can see those. But yeah. it's like there's a whole fucking yeah. tank that you know right. Shimi goes in, but then it's a fucking. Uh, robot cyborg thing yeah. in there and i'm like okay is this post-apocalyptic and there's tanks left i mean or? It, it probably is post-apocalyptic for whatever, whatever. universe yeah, or whatever world event. they're in yeah. but it's like there's a whole thing with doors you can go through a door and it'll bring you somewhere else. and it's like yeah you're you're just like a one step off from whatever world we're in and they they go into that one they go into our world, like in the books, and then they'll go back into other stuff. It's it it jumps all over the place. They don't do that in this first one, though, because I don't recall no, well, seeing that. It's weird because this is this is called the Gunslinger, and it's telling this story. But this this story in the books is book four. I figure. I mean, chronolo I chronologically, it happens. It's the one of the first things that happens to Roland because he's a young kid. But this is like you don't get to this to like the fourth book when he's sitting around a campfire telling them a story, uh, telling them this story. Mm -hmm. So I, I, they, in these, in the graphic novels, I guess they just did it chronologically, mm. but this is, yeah, you don't, you, the story gets alluded to in the first three books a lot, like how he fell in love with this woman and she gets killed, but you never really find out. And then they ask him to tell him. So they're like sitting around a campfire one night and he, then it just goes into this whole story. And this is this story. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. So this is kind of like an Arabian night scenario where we're inside the actual yeah. story where yeah. we're in the story that's inside another story. Yeah. So I don't have any context it's very, for that. It's very inception-y. Yeah. <laughs> this is so deep. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, the, Roland, he uh, goes and recalls the treachery of Martin Broadcloak, the sin of his mother, his test of manhood against his teacher court, and the night that followed. So he goes and ha does battle with Martin Broadcloak, which is with a falcon. No, he does battle with Court, who's court, like his, right. his teacher, teaches kids how to be gunslingers. Kind of bigger fat dude who yeah. uh, uses, it was a, a, a spear? He No, he had like a like a staff. Yeah, yeah, staff thing. Uh, I wish they would have done more with the falconry. I like falconry in books. I don't know why. That's a huge part. Like that whole scene is like, <laughs> what, what do you want them to do with it though? Dude, like he did, he had the falcon attack the dude and like yeah, that's poke cool. his eye out. That was super dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. <laughs> he ripped the dude's eye out. I'm like, yeah. And then the bird died. And I'm like, no. Yeah, he just ripped the bird apart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he fucks what? that bird up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, fuck. But that's kind of, that see is true more. though. No, well, it's, it, it's kind of inconsistent too, because if falconry is such an important part of their training, why don't they give them some falcons on the way out or something? They probably do. That was just like, because the whole thing about when he challenged him is like, he was, he was like 14, I think when that happens, that usually doesn't happen until yeah, he was you're like 17 or 18. Because if you lose, you're exiled. Because yeah, so, his dad was the was the youngest to to have. Yeah, and he was like sixteen or something. Yeah, when and then he be, he was younger than his yeah. father. He he said so. Yeah, that was. But still, I'm like, man, I would love to see more, way more stuff with falcons. Well, in the whole like, because he's like his it's his pet, David the bird, yeah. right? So like, that's kind of a over over 
arching theme and the whole thing of like Roland sacrificing things that he's close with to get closer to the dark tower. Like it's, there's a bunch of those where he just lets people die or kills them or like, cause they're in his way. So that's like a, a big theme throughout it that he's uh he'll sacrifice anything to reach the dark tower. Well, it's not necessarily that, well, I don't know. Cause I haven't read these in there. I uh, haven't read all of them, but, but there is a, a, a archetype of the man who seeks the, the highest, level of something yeah. like mastery over something mm-hmm. and in order to do that every single step of the way you do have to sacrifice something that's equally as important yeah. because otherwise you can it's a it's i think opportunity cost it's <laughs> sure okay yeah <laughs> let's let's make it a uh, corporate <laughs> <laughs> if we're thinking of like a business turn this whole story into just, a corporate just be business yeah. that's not just a business term so, well and i think in this specifically it's roland like, deshane was trying to seek a level of product of synergy in order to <laughs> achieve the level of <laughs> well, it's also an analogy for like every Stephen King book right like there's a writer and except for these there's a, someone who's a writer and there's someone who's addicted and I think like his quest for the tower is very much uh, taught like it's an analogy for addiction right because he'll forsake everything to get where he wants to go which is the same as when you're a junkie or a drug like mm. that's a theme in it's almost every single book he writes there's either someone who's just outright addicted to drugs or they have this thing that they're willing to sacrifice everything for to get to that mm-hmm. yeah i so mean yeah, addiction is an interesting angle yeah i was thinking more of a like a julius caesar kind of deal yeah he's but that's yeah okay. i mean i think that would play into it too you know there's a god he has a god complex for sure right um, yeah. and i mean yeah that fits he definitely with uh the whole thing with his mom and that uh the is martin broadcloak that fucks his mom yeah yeah yep with with that whole thing, I mean, he basically was just like, "All right, I'm gonna sacrifice my whole relationship with her." Well, all right, well, do, do, you guys, uh, do you want me to get? I don't think they talk about it in here, but do you want a, a quick no, little no. spoiler? No, no, no. no. Okay, no, no, yeah, I know no. there's something there. That's the thing I can see yeah. it in yeah. the writing, oh, yeah. and yeah. so I, I just yeah. want to know. I want to find out. Yeah, about which myself. I thought they talked about that, and this, they don't. They though. don't. There's like a big yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, there's too much there. Yeah. You have to address that because yeah. that's that's like, what? Why is she fucking him? What happened? How did that? What What is really happening? Yeah. Is she actually? That's a whole thing. And it ends yeah. It ends really badly. I bet there's some plot twist there. Yeah. And she's actually yeah, for sure. good or something. Okay. But uh, yeah, she actually uh, I will drop in real quick as a as a chick. Right. It's interesting to read literature like this because <laughs> this comes from this era of literature that was dominated by just women being like fucked and then just thrown away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just oh, yeah. so funny because I grew up reading that as a girl. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm growing and I love these books. So, you know, so I had to kind of reconcile with that shit as I was reading it that um, every single like there's um, there's a scene where he gets the guns right mm-hmm. and he's like he trained to achieve this gun this weapon <laughs> and now he will find a whore yeah. in order to yeah, use his other weapon yeah. right? and it's just, and his it's, other gun I think his other gun yeah. and, and it's just some bitch right? and she's yeah. naked right and and it's just funny to read that every well, time then his because his father comes like, in huh. and they're like bitch get the fuck out of yeah. here yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, then, yeah. his father comes in literally pulls a gun on the girls like get the fuck out and that's the last you see of her well I, I listen I, I understand that particular snippet of that scene because one time i was smoking weed in my friend's um place with some other people right and i was uh lighting up this guy's bong right and i didn't know this but the guy whose apartment we were all hanging out in um he had a friend who was a drug dealer he owed money to the bloods in that re in that vicinity right (laughs) so you know as as uh 
outspoken and assertive as I may come across, right? I know how to girl in yeah. order to survive <laughs> yeah. immediately, yeah, right? So this guy comes in with his fucking enforcer, right? I'm right by the door, so you know, right? So he comes in, the guy stands right in front of the door, his enforcer, right? He comes in, Never looking time. looking like Stephen DeShane, that same vibe, <laughs> right? His fucking dude, right? And he's like, yo, where's Mac? <laughs> and I just girled so hard, like right there. I just, I just, I went. I got the stupidest, dumbest, broad look on my face that I could muster. It was instinct because I was sixteen, so it's instinct, right? It's in my genetics to just kind of be like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> you want some weed? <laughs> and just tie my hair up into pigtails and just be like, I don't know anything. <laughs> and he just kind of looked at me like, dumb bitch, right? Like in his head, he didn't yeah. say it. He didn't insult me but then he just kind of went all right and then he just left and went over to the guy i don't know what he said to that guy but that guy cried when by the time he went full girl too i don't know he's twisting his hair in a yeah. he's pushing his pecs together yeah. to look like cleavage he's like i i, I, I can blow you i don't know you want a titty and we'll figure it out right. so that scene yeah i have no no issue with that scene I, and i don't have an issue with any of it it's just that I read a lot of literature growing up where women were basically this thing that, that you just fuck it, fuck them, yeah. throw them away. Like they're, and then you, they don't even have a way to, like it's a guy writing about women. He doesn't, there's certain, and it's the 80s and they're on cocaine. So yeah. there's shit that they don't think about. Like there's a girl in this book that uh, is masturbating when the wizard comes back. I read it in a novel when, when he's doing some witchcraft or some shit like that. Like she's, they they oh, make the women. It's, it's the aunt. Yeah, he yeah. Like pops in to talk to her and uh, Eldred, right, or Jonas, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So all these women are just these holes that yeah. are just pining for male well, attention. That's, that's westerns too, yeah. right? And like this, this, the whole western genre, women are mm -hmm. they punched in the face and thrown Absolutely. out the door. There's no Absolutely. like, and this is very this is very much like a very cinematic western. And the book is like that too. I grew up in the Bronx. I get it. Yeah, yeah. but there's more uh, in the books. There's more psychology. You get way more into the characters. But yeah. this is like. This reads like a movie, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You can see, I mean, obviously there's pictures in it, but it's very like there's these big sweeping scenes and it's, and it's very much a Western. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. 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 And but yeah. Um, then yeah, his father sends them three Cuthbert, Elaine and Roland to Hambry in the East, uh, to start figuring out if they could get horses and also to figure out what the fuck this dude's well, doing I, with the. Uh, I think he sends them there so they don't get killed. Cause, well, yeah, that too. Yeah. But also to figure out, like, okay, is uh, is this dude getting oil and how is he get, and how set up are they and everything? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they show us the Crimson King, uh, yep. which that was whenever they sh first showed, like, the first bit of magic type shit with yeah. the spheres and all that shit. Mm -hmm. Um. Do each of those spheres do different shit? Yes. Okay, each cool. one's there's there's cool. a whole rainbow of them, yeah. but they don't. Re they only get into like a couple of them. The pink the one and the black one, I think. Yeah, there's like one or two others throughout, but yeah, it's not like the Infinity Stones. They, you know, they're all. Yeah. It's kind of like the other wizards in the Lord of the Rings. Like you have Saruman, Gandalf, the Radagast, and then there's like three others. other ones that nobody talks about. Yeah. They, yeah. they mention them. Those are kind of <laughs> like the other spears. Yeah. Okay. They're just getting high somewhere. Yeah. Just drinking at a bar. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, Martin, the Martin Broadcloak dude, he ends up fleeing to Gilead after escaping arrest. Um, and yeah, Roland and his friends, they go to Hambry where almost right away he meets Susan. Mm -hmm. 
which was hilarious. Was, uh, I I always find it weird whenever the the main character immediate like just happens upon the damsel in distress. The that hottest it, yeah. woman in the, the land. The hottest woman in the yep. land who also is is the the main focal point of his whole quest at, at that point and everything. Well, and she's like she's the daughter of the dude they well, were sent to. She's kind meet of a and, she's kind of a whore because they talk about it in the books a little bit, like because. They the the relationship's way longer in the book. Like this one, they meet, they fuck, and that's pretty. You know what I mean? That happens. <laughs> the, the relationship it, it builds a little bit more, but she, uh, Bert, is like kind of gets jealous because Roland's getting laid and he wants to, and he this girl's beautiful. And at one point in the book, she kisses Bert like on the lips. How dare she? Well, <laughs> and she talks about she's like, man, if I had met him, bef-, and it's after she had met Roland. She's like, if I had met Bert before I met Roland. Is Bert this might have one, been a whole other thing. Is Bert the psychic or the one with the... the Bert's the wise ass. The one with the raven skull? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. a smart ass Okay. One. And uh, yeah, so that's a bit like, she's like, woof, I had met him before Roland. I think I would have fallen for him <laughs> first. So, so she's, she's just... She's just looking to get out of there. She's just a small town girl looking to get the fuck out of there. I get that. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's... Uh, she doesn't want to fuck an old man, which yeah. who can blame her? Yeah. yeah. And Roland was and, probably the first dude she met. Who well, was young, like, young dude, yeah. athletic, right? Yeah. Disciplined, brooding, young, they, quiet, those are the two, and brooding. He's yeah, like, that's yeah, the two best specimens for sex for miles around. Smooth, like with with how he talks <laughs> to her. He talks like clinic, like everything's like this little, you know, little quip that's yeah. like so badass, you know? What I, yeah, laconic yeah. speech. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Stephen King um, it makes a lot of the chicks in the book a whore, right? He, I'm well, Stephen King is kind of known for having like weird, awkward that, sexual stuff in all of his books. Like it, <laughs> very much like it. Yeah, yeah. But there's, there's like Where there's, there's a gang, worse. There's, there's a gang a, bang in the stand. A guy gets olds. gets raped with the barrel of a gun in prison. Or no, out of prison. But then he's like, oh, it didn't bother. And he's also like retarded. He's Which would, a re- make it, would he's be a re- better if it was in prison or out of prison? Because well, he's like, oh, he's like, because he knows it's happening. He's like, well, this is just like when I was in prison. So it's, I, it doesn't even bother me. And the guy is like a, a retarded dude who sets fires. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of weird shit in his books. I get the. I get if you're going to theorize what a chick would do in a post-apocalyptic world, which was basically just our ancient world. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. the Mongols and stuff. Sure. Yeah. I bet being a whore would probably if you know how to swing it, being it would be advantageous. It's kind of hey, what you it got. It worked for Coco Chanel. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would say, like, if you want to go travel across Europe, there's nothing better than to just put your tits out and just kind of hold your arms up, stand outside and just just let marauding Mongols just sweep I you mean, up. I it's what chicks now, on Instagram now do you're now. In France. You know, most of them. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> just on the Internet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then uh, Roland, he goes to the city of Hambry, figures out it's still dangerous. Like he thought that he was going to have like uh, his father's group was going to have allies there but pretty much they're all working for martin yep and uh he they have a big group of or not a big group but the main group of like assassins there known as the big coffin hunters yes which i told you is one of the dumbest names for well, a gang first of all shut I've up ever it's heard. awesome <laughs> i think it's all right it's I, like I, awesome. I had no problem with <laughs> yeah. coffin hunters big coffin hunters yeah it's not bad, not bad. Like, yeah. It sounds kind of native american-ish yeah. sort of I, coffin hunters would is much more concise and would be more like more mis- mysterious like no. big coffin hunter what the big fuck coffin hunter does, does kind of mean yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Hello, you have. Yeah. I would like your biggest coffins because. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? The fuck? It's like you. Let's <laughs> get everything. Well, I mean, objectively, you're wrong. It's, it's like, awesome. It's like it's like joke. It's very cool. Joke coffins, like when you get those big glasses that are too big for your head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what that name feels it's like, like. Look how tiny he looks in that coffin. No, it's more like, hey, look how many guys we killed. We need more than a regular size coffin to fit them all in there. That's gay. No, it's not. It's awesome. It's not. You guys are wrong. That sounds so hobo ironic. Oh, man. Listen, we need the, your biggest coffin. We're going to, it's not what you think. We're just going to put many men in there. Well, first of all, that accent is racist. Uh, very terrible. It's not even a good I don't know what accent. accent it is. It's not, it's not any accent in particular. It was, it's it was, you were trying to do a New England accent and it's super. Super offensive. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> All right, look. <laughs> My accent's good, and Big Coffin Hunters is a great name for, for a gang. How Thank about you. that? Let's right, move cool. on. Shit on <laughs> Back to the horse. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, and then they meet the Big Coffin Hunters, and they have the that standoff in that saloon or whatever the So fuck. awesome, dude. Wait, no, no. That that is the most ridiculous standoff. They were all. What are you talking no. about? No. Okay. They're all at the front that's door. That's a standard awesome standoff. That's okay. a, yeah. that's in wait, culture. Wait. We know. No, I know. I, I know. But I'm saying the setup of it. All right. They're all at one front door of the saloon. Then one of them walks in, and he pulls a, a slingshot on a dude and shoots his finger to where he knocks the gun off. Cool. Fucking dope. Then another dude walks in behind and pulls a gun on him. Still in the doorway. Then a dude walks in behind him with a knife. Yeah. Still in the doorway. Yeah. They are all running into each other outside this door. There's two more people to come. How are they not? You just have like- to suspend disbelief here. Oh, there's also a canyon with a force field of the monster inside it. I'm going to get, get to that. Yeah. This is a good I point. have a note about that one. That's awesome, too. And so they're all just like standing outside and be like, oh, now I'll jump in. It's like they're hiding and they sneak up on each other. Yeah. You know, look, it Jesus. does have sort of a Looney Tune-ish kind of. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Have you ever seen a Western before? Yeah. This stuff like but guys don't really stand in a, like in the good, the bad, the other. Guys don't really stand like this and stare at each other and then pull their guns out. You know, what I mean, that doesn't. It's not how they didn't really have you know meet me at twelve noon, high yeah. noon on the street. They, they weren't that poetic. As I was, in other words, as I was reading it, I was just imagining them like in line outside the door, just like okay, your turn to go and and be yeah. <laughs> sneak I up don't think that was what it was. After you go, I think exactly. it's you go, you go. Otherwise, we're gonna look yeah. really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm holding a knife to my own friend's throat, that's gonna, you know, that yeah. wouldn't that wouldn't play at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, it was, I was just like, I, I it, and it's great. I I love the standoff part. It was, you know, with the slingshot yeah. and everything, it's cool. It's just I was just like the and logistics. then rolling, like he's just like, no more talking. Talking's done. Put it down and you die. That's like, it's all like every time he speaks, it's just like the most badass thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, that, That's called laconic speech. It's uh, yeah. Spartans. Uh, they, uh, Laconia uh, is where they're originally from. And it's also uh, a town in New Hampshire. Uh, there's a bike week there every year. That's pretty big. Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. not surprising. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, it's actually what most action stars base their speech off of yeah. is laconic speech. Just simple, real quick quips. Yeah. And uh, that's every Clint Eastwood movie. It's Charles Bronson. It's all yeah. these characters that he's based on. Yeah. So you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that either. That is, that yeah. is cool. Cause they all, every, you know, that's why honestly 300 is actually pretty, uh, with this is Sparta and shit. That's yeah. actually pretty accurate with how they spoke. They literally just mm-hmm. spoke in like action movie 
uh, like sentences. That's ancient Greek. <laughs> what, one time I, I kind of I looked up a little a few words in ancient Greek just to kind of get a feel for the the syntax and stuff. And I found out that they they only write in all caps no spaces so they just write psychotically constantly all yelling. the time right? it's just like we need to go to get the goat before the invaders and it's just like okay and then they also they they apparently also had a kind of speech um thing that quirk that we do which is where we go like and um they have uh. the same things wow. they did that so they, also they literally they wrote like ditzy. every one of my ex-girlfriends ever like yeah they were like, like i just think it's funny yeah. that- <laughs> exactly. yikes <laughs> so now with the laconic speech that's really kind of bringing it around to getting a, a pretty interesting picture of how they actually spoke to each other and that, that was mostly in sparta though that yeah, the, yeah well they, there were the interactions Spartan. yeah, spartans yeah, in definitely. athens they fought for that would be hilarious. Think- one of them yelling and one, the other one just being like Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, when, you, when you think of like people talking back then, you think of everything as like so flowery and poetic. That's right. really cool that they're just like. Yeah. Well, that's because of translators. Tr- British translators basically made everybody think that because they would oh, okay. just translate these that plays. And so, yeah, yeah. And they would just be like, and then so clearly what they're saying here is verily goeth along with the path. And, and really, they were probably saying something like. You had a fucking problem, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, when when you watch a movie, people speak, you know, because you want it to sound, po- or when you write, you want it to sound poetic and you want the prose to be nice too. But uh, yeah, people don't actually. You ever I- seen like someone who like, although this is like your, your one tough guy friend who tries to like, Make quips like that in real life, and then just always gets his face punched in. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Who what? the hell do you think you're talking to? And like, he just wants to talk and sound badass, oh, but yeah. he can't actually fight. Yeah. 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 He just gets the shit kicked out of him all the time. Those are people who talk a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they they don't. That's do it, like a lot. real crazy people. Like all my friends who knew how to fight, they didn't say shit. They just punched you in the yeah. face. Yeah. No, that's it's like a bear coming at you. Yeah. Bears don't say don't make a sound yeah. when they're gonna no. kill you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Doing security work, I hear that a lot. Like just like. Of people who talk shit, and then every now and then there's one that's like, "Oh yeah, I'm the king, I'm the king." You don't oh, know yeah. who the fuck yeah. you're yeah, talking yeah, yeah, yeah. about, <laughs> like that, and I'm like, like wrestling God, syntax yeah. kicks or in. Or they do the whole like, the middle school, like you hit me first. No, yeah. you hit me first. Like that tough people never do. They just knock your teeth out. Who are yeah. you? <laughs> who do you think you are? Yeah, I actually did. I saw that at um that uh. What's that mic on Tuesdays that is really Anderson Mill? Oh, Jesus. I saw a fight break out in Anderson. And this is a bunch of townies are drunk, you know, and that was exactly Every time what they I've were ever saying. been there. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, there's almost a fight. Yeah. yeah. You want to start something? Yeah. Hey, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh, God, yeah. dude. Was one of them Hudak? <laughs> no. was, was he that would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> He's a scary dude. Huh? <laughs> I love him, though. He is. He, yeah, he's somebody you want in your corner. Yeah, he's always in down. my It's great. Yeah, yeah I can talk Just all the shit general, I want. I'm like, I got him standing there. Yeah, <laughs> he's a guy behind you. You're like, what you gonna do? Yeah. yeah, I used to be a professional wrestler, right? All right, back the fuck up. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. Oh, shit. He used yeah. to be I'll bring jacked. That up. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, you could, I mean, you could tell. He's still, you keep he has that frame, old, that boxy. Uh, he has some, like, old promo videos. He was, like, a, he was, I think he was in a tag team, and they were, like, their gimmick was that they were Russian. So he used to like do promos in a Russian accent, jacked, 
It's oh so God. funny. I gotta tell Gene about this. <laughs> so yeah, Gene's funny. Russian, right? No, yeah. I did not know that. I okay. This is. I thought your husband was Bo Nickel. I think I told you about that one night. Like I was at Buzzmill, and I didn't see you sitting. I just saw this. And he was kind of looking at me because I know him, and I'm like, holy shit! I think that's Bo Nickel. <laughs> and obviously it wasn't. And then I saw Bo Nickel down here like a couple weeks ago. Really? Yeah. What is Bo Nickel like? He's a he's UFC fighter now, but he was like a big college wrestler, high school wrestler. That I, yeah. Yeah. Is he is he redheaded? Yeah. Also? Yeah. yeah. Big gets, everyone he gets Ed Sheeran, gets <laughs> Bo Nickel. Red redheads have this weird quality where it's the same. Oh yeah. Do you get confused with other redheads? All, no, constantly? I looked at Gene the other day. I was like, I was when I was editing the picture, I was, just, I was like, if I shaved yeah. and actually, you know, worked out. I don't know. Yeah, it maybe. would freak me out for a second. It would freak you out. Well, it's to the yeah. p- when I saw Bo Nickel, I looked at him real quick, like, and then Gene? I was like, "Must be Gene." <laughs> and then I looked back, and he had this—he had a big black eye. I'm like, "Holy fuck!" It was outside Mothership. I'm like, that I was with some—I was just saying, "Prickett." And I'm like, "Is that fucking Bo Nickel?" And I said it really loud. He turned and looked at me, and I was like, "Oh god!" Oh god. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bo Nickel. You're girling. You're I like, like I literally just said, "I was like, I, I put my hand." I'm yes. like, "Okay, we gotta, we gotta go. We gotta go." <laughs> Um, yeah. But yeah, so Roland, he uh, hangs out in Hambury probably longer than he should while he's fucking Susan, mm-hmm. um, putting everybody, all his friends in danger and shit because the big coffin hunters want him dead. Yeah. Um, and so they come in, they, they, you know, try to figure out how to kill him and everything. And then uh, just outside Hambury, uh, Roland makes a monstrous discovery. John Farson and his men have stolen the weapons of the great old ones and now have the oil to power them and launch an attack against the affiliation. A group which counts among its members Roland's father, Stephen Deschain. 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 And at just the wrong time, the young gunslinger's quartet may be splintering when Cuthbert accuses Roland of (laughs) of cowardice. I feel like whenever... I correct her with Discworld shit now. <laughs> yeah, you know how that feels. <laughs> what's, what's it like? Not so good now, yeah. is it? This is exactly what I was, I, I was telling you. This is going to be like the exact opposite. We dragged him through the Discworld. Now he's bringing us through the Dark yeah, Tower. Yeah, yeah, this I'm is like, payback. Well, it's it's kind of crazier when you do it because those words are literally made up. They yeah. are la- made up words. Deshane is French, right? And shit like that. But you know words that never existed. <laughs> and he corrects me on them. And it's like, what? <laughs> How do you know that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, he's, yeah, he finds out that he has the oil and all the weapons and stuff to fight yeah. the affiliation. And at just the wrong time, uh, whenever everything seems like it's going to shit, uh, Cuthbert accuses Roland of cowardice and rides off on his own. Um, and I think, yeah, uh, it's Elaine. Is the one with Alan, his name is Alain. Alain, yeah, he's the psychic one. He's the touch, the touch, which is a thing. That's it's like the same. They talk about this. It's the same thing in the kid in the Shining has. Yeah, and they call it the uh, Shining. It's, when, called the touch. it's when a pedophile touches you under full moon yeah. and it yeah. give powers. <laughs> <laughs> the touch. Yeah. The kid I did think touch. Cuthbert's ability with that uh, Got a touch of the touch. Yeah, <laughs> a little touched in the touch of the tism. Yeah. <laughs> touch of the tism. Yeah. Uh, I, I did think Cuthbert's ability with that raven skull to be able to see shit like from up above and shit or, or be able to see like he, he had some kind of special sense with, if he had that raven skull, because whenever he lost it, he, he knew. No, that was just they don't talk about too much of this, but he's like the the wise ass of the group. 
which he ends up being like when Roland in the books gets another cadet, which is another two other people. One of them, Eddie, he think it reminds her of Cuthbert because he's just making jokes all the time. That skull was just like a thing he had. The other one, Elaine, has like they call it the touch, so he can like sense stuff and he can kind of see into the future, but not really. Like he can just sense stuff. Yeah, but whenever he loses that raven skull and then the, the other guy finds it and then I think he either destroys it or he puts it. No, he uses it as like to frame them. Right. And, and uh, Cuthbert or C- Cuthbert can sense that like he, he felt something because of the raven skull. I think that was Elaine. Hmm. Maybe I might have got. Yeah. confused. No, he just noticed that it was gone. Yeah, that's all. Okay. And then he, I guess, had a premonition or or bad. Because I remember when they're coming that. back to the 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 bar tea or whatever it's called, and that he's like, something's going on. I can feel this, you know, clearer than I've ever felt anything. And that's that's Elaine talking. Okay. Yeah. Um. And yeah. The then the affiliation, the group composed of Roland's father and his forces, are being lured into a fatal trap in the shaved mountains with the great <laughs> old ones' weapons fired up by Hambry's oil. The affiliation will be wiped out unless Roland DeShane, the gunslinger, can intercede in time. So they, yeah, lead him into uh, a giant chasm where uh, the Kinney. Eyebolt Canyon. uh, Yeah, where (laughs) the Thinny is, Mm -hmm. which is basically like a Cthulhu-esque style tentacle monster thing. Uh, Well, sort of. It's just like a, it's almost like a, like a portal. It's it's almost like an emptiness. Yeah. But there's something inside it, but it can't like come up and it keeps growing. So it's just like it's like a glowing wall in the canyon. Right. This is another one of my I have the note for it and everything. Uh, how is there a giant tentacle monster and everyone's surprised by it? Because it's not it's not a giant. It's, it's not a giant tentacle monster. It's it's just the thing. It's just a thing that exists. Once they trap all those guys into it and they get close enough and it it. It can sense that they're there. Then it like the tentacles come out and it like feeds on it. Okay, but, but it's not. It's, yeah, but simultaneously it also kind of seduces them yeah, into. It'll you can hear it in your head entering yeah. it, the wherever it is or what it is. Yeah. My point is, there's a giant doorway in a canyon that's known. The canyon's known. People have been there. It's marked on a map. Yeah. How do they not know about a, the, well, they, the tentacle? Because they stay away from it. You yeah. Don't go, the only reason those guys are into it is because they start a fire behind them and they can't get out, and then it just starts like pulling them in. People like they talk about that. People first time Roland and, and the gang go up to it. They can hear the thing talking to them. And they, yeah. they ride away. It almost it can't, like in the books. They talk about it, it like it. Roland almost walks into it at the beginning. Like, I think they have to go and like pull him out. OK. Yeah, I was just I was like, ah, there's a giant tentacle monster. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, not- and, and <laughs> like a hundred people are su- surprised by it to the point where they all well, get they, they didn't know either. They because they, they're not from. Hambry. These guys are like part of John Farson's army that come just to, to get the oil and kill the gunslinger. So they don't even know that's there. True. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Roland and his cadet have their long way to showdown with El- Elder Jonas and the big coffin hunter. Uh, Hunter's Rhea's plan finally comes to fruition with deadly results where, uh, yeah, the girl, she, Susan, fucks Roland and she actually gets pregnant and then she goes and cuts off her hair. Um, or is about to, but then she gets stopped by Roland. Roland, Roland, yeah. Um, and then yeah, uh, she gets. They get framed, Roland and Elaine and Cuthbert for the 
No, Susan gets framed for the death of. No, nah, no, she gets framed they for frame, letting them go after they, they frame allegedly. the boys for killing, uh, killing the mayor. Yeah, and then okay. she goes and breaks them out of jail, kills two people, gets them out of jail. And they then, go, they're like, all right, the five of us, them and Shimi, the four of them and Shimi, they're like, we're going to leave town. And yeah. like, you two go hide here and we're going to go take, we're going to go lure all these guys into the thinny. And then while that's happening, Eldred finds yeah, Susan, Susan and like, and burns her. Or, yeah, yeah. Gets everyone to, get, whips everyone up into a frenzy. So they're going to sacrifice, burn her alive. Yeah, the, burn her alive. The festival. And then um, Shimi ends up going into one of those tanks. Uh, with that cyborg thing, and somehow gets superpower. Gets the cyborg gives him some kind of power. Mm -hmm. Is the is it the ability to teleport? Because it Can't looked remember. like he teleported in the book. Like he was a here at one point, and then is that, that in this book or the yeah? It, it was in that, that one. one. I don't remember that in this one. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's it, like one moment he's in the uh, <clears throat> background, and then the next moment he it, it, he's in the foreground. I think he can like with walk like. Are you sure is... you're not talking about just different? Panels. No, 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 no. It's the same panel. Oh, okay. Within the same panel, he's like in the background and then he comes to the foreground and there's like this gold like swoosh around him. Like like it showed him kind of. I think of he can like walk between worlds. Like that's dope. he can like like I said, there's doors. Doors are a big thing. Like people can doors will just appear and people can walk through them into another reality or another universe. I think he can just kind of do that on his own. That's cool. I think, yeah, he's so mentally challenged that yeah, yeah. He, he's a, he actually he has even, a superpower. He just thinks he does that. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just he, looking for cake. Like, I, went to a, I went to a water slide. <laughs> he's just at Six Flags. You know, he's just doing his own thing. No, yeah, I, like I like that idea of giving like the village idiot like a one of the best superpowers like yeah. powers of the whole thing. Um, I would. He be, plays a pretty big role uh, throughout. That's cool. yeah. yeah, that's great. I would. I, I'm interested later to see on. That. Like yeah. we talk about this, and then he comes back for sure. Yeah, uh, later on he does. I can't remember exactly. It's been a long time since I've read those. He's kind of like but... a Tinkerbell vibe, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. A little helpful dude. They're, they don't really get into it too much. They're horrible to him in this, but not the gunslingers, but the people in the town. They are like, yeah. They, it, his life sucks. Well, everybody in all they, these towns is just extremely cruel and yeah, petty yeah. and spiteful well, and they malicious. Were, that's why he loves uh, Cuthbert so much is because he'll just like, he's nice to him. That's it. He just doesn't make fun of him and he's nice to him. And he'll like, I'll do anything for him. <laughs> yeah, they were about to make Shimi lick up the yeah. piss bucket or whatever. Lick the his fuck. boots. Lick his boots. Clean the boots clean of the piss bucket thing or whatever. Well, it, it might not Chaw. have been a- It was Chaw. It's like chewing tobacco. Oh, chewing tobacco. Yeah, I mean- not any better. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Also very gross. But. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, and then uh, pretty much they go and they kill, get the thinny kills all those motherfuckers, and then yeah, they ride off. Hey, what do you think the thinny is like uh, from a meta perspective? Like as Stephen King writing that story. Psychologically, what do you think that is? Before for him? we talk about that, what I do you think, think we're leaving out a, a big plot point here is that oh, okay. before they leave, Susan's burned alive. Mm -hmm. Oh, and yeah. That just like that, they leave as like they carry Roland out of town because he watches it in the grapefruit as it's happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he loses him, his soul or his mind in yeah. the grapefruit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's basically, yeah, he's that in is a coma. like because I remember reading the book and like I've read this book, Wizard and Glass, like four or five times, and it's so good that every time I read it, 
I get about halfway through and I'm like, all right, this time she's going to live. They're going to have a happy oh, really? it's, yeah, Like literally every time. I, and then it's like. But that's crushed. not in keeping with this kind of story. This this kind of story, like I said, uh, in literature, it's it's the story of the the tortured man. There's yeah. no room for women in these stories. There's, no. These women, and, unless they're, you're gonna love unless the book, they're like she, dry ass pussy crones or no, traitors. No, 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 you know no. what I mean? It, the, there's that's just, the great thing about Stephen King is he gets so like. It's so psychological, and this mm-hmm. you 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 end up loving this girl, like right, like she thinks she's like your sister or something. Oh and yeah, then for sure. It, That's why she's gonna die. It just Be- that just makes you. her. She just becomes a sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, right. She's not gonna have an actual role in the story, other than for you to see how good she is, so that you know how much uh, Roland lost. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then because it, it's this is like there's two people in his life that he gives a shit about when he either lets them die or kills them i mean he doesn't let her die he would have saved her if he could have but like there's only two that he kind of regrets the rest of them is just kind of par for the course but this like this susan comes up over and over and over again until you get to the fourth book and you actually find out what happened but that's like it's a constant thing throughout the books yeah okay, okay. so back to my earlier question what do you think the tin the thinny, thinny is yeah what do you because i've seen that in a lot of stories there's the um never ending story has the big nothing that's eating mm-hmm. the universe um, I don't know what other one. I, I can't think of them right now. Fuck. There's um, the Dark Crystal. That's another one, right? Yep. The world's going to get destroyed. There's always this big nothing, void thing that's seductive mm-hmm. and also Similar to the uh, singularity aggressive. from Long Earth. Yeah, the singularity from Long Earth, uh, yeah, right? First, I don't know what, what Auth- this one- Authors always- Like when they try to think of two things, the devil, like in, yeah. that, in the story, we see the devil, right? The devil- is always something that's like insects and flies and yeah. and uh, deformity. It's always and teeth. Right? It's all the things that we're afraid of about death. Right. Yeah. So the Satan, you can you can always see that it's kind of something about death. But this void thing, I always found interesting because I'm I'm always wondering what exactly. What do you think that is? I think that might be something that's so that's a th- that's an existential threat. Yeah. But it's so um, complicated that f- mo- that we don't know how like to conceptualize in, in this, it. I know it's, this is more of like, there are these things all throughout this world. Cause mm-hmm. the world's kind of coming apart. That's the whole, like there's like, this whole thing where if he gets to the dark tower, he can put everything back together. But these things are just kind of appearing all over the place as, as worlds are like emerging, these things are overlapping mm-hmm. and eventually it'll just destroy itself. Well, that's what I mean. I, Cause yeah. I think, I think Satan, the Satan archetype, the devil, like this, and he's an insect, right? Yeah. It's all the things that eat your corpse that make you a corpse, right? Satan. The the thinny, I think that might be a writer's conception of of uh, of human annihilation, like an annihilation of the species that we don't know what that's going to look like or be. Or yeah, right? I was just going to say, or like the fear of the unknown, it's which is this thing that's yeah. like very seductive and it, it tries to lure you in. Yeah, but you don't. You know, it's our psychological grappling with annihilation because yeah. it is seductive in a way, right? Mm-hmm. To annihilate, to self-immolate. To well, it's like the, the call of the void, like when you the stay, call the void when you like want to yeah. jump into a dark. You know, when you want to like jump off a bridge at night, not because you want to kill yourself, but just because yeah. you want like something is like I want to f- go into the yeah. It's, Edgar Allan Poe used to call it the imp of the perverse. Ooh. That was a good one, and it's and it's all and he wrote a story about it, and it's all about and I would feel that when I was in, living in New York. For year, my whole life, actually, when I got stand at the edge of the platform and the train would come, mm-hmm. you just get that urge to just jump yeah. right in front of, front yeah. of the train. Interesting yeah. thoughts. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think so. No, I don't want. You know what? I don't like pipe psychological pop psychological terms that kind of um, almost uh, cheapen that experience. Right? Yeah. Whenever people say something like, "It's um, it's something in your DNA," because you, everyone but, feels it. You know, <laughs> there's something about that. that yeah. 
I, it's something about um, pe- uh, when what did you say? The intrusive intrusive thoughts. thoughts. It kind of pathologizes it, and then it makes it something that you can medicate away. But I don't think that stuff is something you can medicate no. away because I think that's almost like a um, it's it's almost like the human condition. Yeah, well, and, I, and if you 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 can medicate away the human condition, but that's just by doing drugs that are so hard that they actually allow you to just not think about anything at yeah. all. I don't right? think that term is is a bad thing in general. I I I literally just think it's it by intrusive thoughts it means like, you know, the thoughts that kind of just float through and most people are like okay, I had that thought, you know. Nah, cuz I don't feel like it it's a part of me. It's in, it's not intrusive. It's always there. It's it's you know <laughs> what I mean? It's just because I'm not it doesn't occur to me in, in any particular instance to just jump in front of a train, right? The part of me that th- that that will think that is here in this room. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just there. It's just yeah. that there just doesn't there happens to not be a ledge right now. Right. And that's kind of it. And I'm not going to do it, but I've it's always so, been interested it's like, in. It's overwhelming at times. It's interesting. It's, yeah. I, I, I always wonder about that. And it's not just you and I. I've other I've read people talking about that. Like, it's something in people's DNA that just makes you want to. Yeah. Jump. Yeah. But I think it's um, pretty same thing that made people get in boats. That's what I'm and saying. And go across an ocean when they didn't know when when literally the map mm-hmm. was just said uh, here be monsters. They had no idea. Yeah. You know, it makes us want to go into space. Yeah, because you're not just. It's not like you just want to jump into a chasm. It's like you just you just want to jump. You want to fly yeah. into the unknown. Mm-hmm. And that's a fucking crazy thing that we always yeah. feel. And I and it's that's what I'm saying. Like let's say there was a drug that rid you that would rid you of your intrusive thoughts. But then you wouldn't want to do ex- space exploration. You wouldn't be interested in in what's going on in a submarine. You wouldn't be, you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't want to jump into shit. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I'll take feeling like I want to jump in front of a train if it means that I get to feel like c- fucking crazy. Like I want to jump into the sky when I look at the fucking stars. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's what I mean. Ooh. One thing I used to do whenever I was a kid, talking about jumping to the sky. You lay down on the grass with your back on the grass and then you hold on to the grass and just imagine yourself falling upwards. There you go. That shit feels so weird. Like it, it gives you it's like an instant panic attack. Yeah. But like the <laughs> coolest kind. Like <laughs> That's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do something about that. That's intrusive thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> you should you should get medicated for yeah. that. Yeah. Like, uh... <laughs> Just gaslighting Clay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoa, holy fuck, dude. No, I think that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, I just, I like stuff like that. I like yeah. I like mm, all right. Well, I think it's about time. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that flew by. That went quick. Yeah. Yep. Um, so uh, that was a great fucking book. Uh, I'm definitely going to be reading uh, you guys gotta, the second. You gotta I, I got to read the, the books, too. I got, will. I got yeah. the second and the third graphic novel, and I, I plan on the next book we're doing is Dune, which is a big fucking yeah, book. Yeah, that's going to take a um, while to read. This so, is something, don't read it for the podcast, great and talk about, but just read it because it's amazing. And yeah. it's like- Oh, I will. And I I'm definitely in the world yeah. now. So, I yeah. read the graphic novel uh, and I read halfway through the actual novel. So I'm probably going to finish that and then get started on the next one. The Gunslinger? Mm. Yeah. Arguably, I, in, in my opinion, not arguably, the greatest opening sentence in any book I've ever read. Oh, really? The man in black fled across the desert and rolled and followed. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. amazing. I love stuff like that. Oh. The, I read a- you know what? I'm gonna reread that. You you might be right. That actually might be really good. It's it it's known in literary circles as one of the best opening par- mm-hmm. sentences. Yeah, because it's just a sentence and it sums up the entire. It's yeah. I was economy reading, of words. No, like you can't take a word out of that. If you add a word, it's too much. It's perfect. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I read one from this uh, autobiography of this Russian dude. Um, and it was th- that's a sentence that stuck with me in particular. It was just uh, is like she was stiff on the table and wearing a dress I'd never seen on her before. And it, it was just uh, they good say stuff. it in in the in the graphic novel, but it's like you wouldn't know because it's like comes along later. But if you've read the book, it, it jumps out at you right away. But it's yeah. like it's telling setting up the story. And then it's like the man in black fled across the desert and rolling followed. It's. Oh, fuck yeah. I dude. love it. All right. Oh, All right. Well, um, so yeah, our next book for everybody is going to be Dune. Uh, we're going to have another guest, uh, Justin O'Donnell, on the podcast for that one. And uh, for anybody who wants to submit questions for the next book, uh, you can submit them at the turtle reads pod at gmail.com. Thank y'all for if y'all want to do that. Um, and Craig, do you have any plugs? Uh, thank you for your service, podcast. <laughs> That's my podcast with me, yeah. Aaron Sarusi and Aaron Cooksey and Andrew Cooksey. Ah, fuck yeah. Awesome. Thank you for your service podcast. Thank you. For, all, right. all right. And thank you and then, for uh, being a guest. Also, we thank have uh, our uh, video YouTube, uh, cl- uh, actual videos on YouTube. They're going to be coming out with the episodes. Uh, so go and check that out. We start with the Skank Fest. Mm-hmm. Creek and Cave. At Creek and Cave. Uh, on YouTube, and uh, yeah, we're gonna start off with the Skankfest episode for the videos. So go check that out. Yeah, and um, that's it's gonna be our debut. And Justin did an amazing job. Oh, yeah. Thank you, I appreciate. Yeah. It. No, it's shut up. It's good. No, he's, yeah, it's really good. Being fucking weird. Weird. <laughs> it was, it's great. The little intro music and shit. It's fucking. It's nice. Yeah. What is this? Is this from when you guys were at Skankfest? It's the episode it's we recorded it. after Skankfest. Okay. We did the uh, the book is uh, the ones who walk away from Omelas, which is like a ten page real short story, mm-hmm. but. It, it was a great podcast. I was really high on shrooms. That's right, we did shrooms. And he day. kept eating more. After he's like eating a chocolate, but he's just like eating a chocolate bar like it's well, nothing. I was like, about like existentialism shit. I'm like, I need to get high. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't blame you at all. Yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Craig, so thank much. You. Of course, anytime. And thank you, Melissa. Thank you, Clay. No Thanks problem. for listening. Thanks for watching. Bye.